Thanks for tuning in to After Dark with Robin Andrew, which is available on America Out Loud's iHeartRadio channel, along with streaming on Spotify, Stitcher, Apple Podcasts, TuneIn Radio, wherever you listen to your podcast. Please be sure to search for America Out Loud. In addition to that, we are available on AmericaOutloud.news, which has thousands of podcasts and articles updated daily. And we always appreciate when you share on social media. We've got a ton to talk about tonight, of course, with the latest indictment into President Donald J. Trump coming out of Georgia. We've got on guest New York Post journalist Heather Robinson. So we're going to have a nice show for you guys tonight with a lot of news packed in here. Uh, We all watched the other night as Radical District Attorney Fannie Willis laid out the charges for President Trump and 18 co-conspirators, another overreach by the government trying to take down President Donald Trump. Of course, uh, the Democrats are excited for this one because they say, oh, since this is a state charge, uh, if President Trump were to win office in 2024, he would not be eligible to pardon himself. Um, Georgia, in fact, has a board of governors who is the only one able to pardon. Even the governor can't pardon in that state. It goes to a board of five people. Apparently, the five people are appointed by the governor, so he certainly has a lot of influence on it. But it's not as simple as just Brian Kemp saying he would want to pardon Donald Trump. And from Brian Kemp's recent social media uh, post, he doesn't want to do that anyways. This Fannie Willis, just another radical like Alvin Bragg, trying to make a name for herself. She was so, so incompetent on her watch. Violent crimes have exploded in Georgia and Atlanta in particular. Um, it's turning into another Chicago or East St. Louis. They're one of these cities where just crime is rampant. Uh, shootings happening every weekend and unfortunately Atlanta has gone that way she's also so tainted she was thrown off one case for trying to prosecute a political opponent so this is something that she's already been guilty of and she was so corrupt she got caught hiding a relationship with a gang member she was prosecuting apparently Uh, not necessarily a sexual relationship but some kind of Um, friendship or something with this gang member. So she certainly got a track record of things that she has done. To me, just another radical progressive uh, prosecutor trying to make her name off of Donald Trump. Rob, how are you doing tonight? Andrew, I'm doing great. You had a mouthful to say there. I want to thank all of our listeners for tuning in. I want to thank Heather for coming on tonight, being our guest host and giving us some uh, commentary on the fourth indictment of Donald Trump. Needless to say, the left are all gleeful. Hillary Clinton is tickle-tickled pink. She mysteriously appeared from out of the woods to go on Rachel Maddow to talk about the fourth indictment and the rule of law and how no one is above the law. Folks, this is not about Donald Trump, but it is about you. If they do it to him, they will do it to you. That's what this is about. They're trying to set precedent. Now, of course, a lot of the players are looking at this and saying, we're going after Trump. We're going to stop Trump. We're going to lock him up for 700 years. We're going to put him in jail. Now, remember when they were walking when Trump was in office, and not in office, but when he was running for the presidency, he would have his rallies and they would shout, lock her up, lock her up, lock her up. 
And the Democrats were so offended. The media, they were so offended. They were saying, oh, this is horrible. They had everyone to believe that this is horrible. Oh, we can't have this. Fast forward. They're saying the same thing about Trump. And no one is denouncing it. No one is crying out and saying, this is wrong. Why are they doing this? This shouldn't happen. We're Americans. Rules for thee, not for me. We can attack you, but you can't attack us. That's what this is about. And if they are successful, any of these indictments, they will come after you. And I will say this also to Black men, Black people. Be careful who you're voting for. Be careful who you're rooting for. Because these are the same laws that they will use to take you down. Look at Fannie Willis and her racketeering. That's for the mob. But see, she's trying to create the perception that Trump and his team of attorneys were acting like the mob, like a mafia. Now, how is it that his attorneys cannot advise him and say, well, you can do this and you can do that? I don't care what your opinion is, what you think Trump did or didn't do. He's entitled to a defense. He's entitled to get counsel from his attorneys. And you know how I know that? Because you see right now on TV, you have all these attorneys, legal attorneys, with a difference of opinion as to how this will play out of what should happen. So if you hear anyone saying, oh, no, but what Trump is doing is wrong, is wrong, they have just got you to be indoctrinated by their lies because he's entitled to listen to his attorneys and the attorneys are entitled to advise him accordingly. When did it become a crime for an attorney to advise his client on his legal options or on options as a whole? I don't care if Trump said, well, maybe if we were to put this here, if we were to do that. He's just speaking with his attorney. You would be amazed at what clients tell to the attorneys or the attorneys tell to the clients. But by her trying to indict these attorneys is to make the attorneys to have fear and people to say, oh, my God, they can take an attorney and they can lock them up also. This is not supposed to happen. This is a break of the rule of law. Any judge with good jurisprudence would see this. But then, too, if you are a judge who's compromised, a judge who's running for office, a judge who wants to make a name for himself, you will pretend as if, though, this is okay, that this is happening. And because people don't understand the law, because they're not taking civic classes anymore, they won't believe it. But you know who won't believe it, who will know that this is wrong? Any criminal out there who's been in our justice system, burned by our justice system, is probably saying that's wrong. They have railroaded him. And that's exactly what's happening. Heather, thank you for being with us. What are your thoughts? Thanks, Rob and Andrew. Great to see you guys and hear you. I think that we are seeing um, something truly uh, concerning, chilling. This, as you said, Rob, is not just about Donald Trump. It is about the weaponizing of our government by one faction to demonize and criminalize its political opposition. This is the history of the world. This is what's happened in almost every civilization, every country, more primitive places when people want to destroy their political rivals. This is not supposed to happen in America. We are seeing a blatant double standard. We all know and we all heard Democrats question and protest numerous elections, including in 2000 with Bush v. Gore. We had uh, 
Democrats insisting that Gore had won. We we had uh, the day after Donald Trump was elected, we had the streets filled with hundreds of thousands, I think millions of people declaring he's not my president. Should all those people be prosecuted? This is a free country, and you're allowed to say you don't think someone's your president. You're allowed to protest. You're allowed to file a lawsuit. You're not allowed to be violent, and we've been over this again and again. Even though we saw six months of violence on the part of the left and were told not to believe our eyes that these protests were really peaceful, which we all saw they were not, okay, we've seen the double standard there. Their side is allowed to be violent for its political beliefs. Our side is not. Here again, we have their side is allowed to not only question, but to deny the legitimacy of an elected leader. Our side is not. Donald Trump filed lawsuits. He and his, his team filed lawsuits. That is not illegal. That is not a crime. It's not a crime to believe whatever you want to believe in this country. And for them, for this, this corrupt establishment to try to criminalize not only speech, but belief, you know, when people say, oh, he's being prosecuted because he believed he, he didn't believe. Well, let me get this straight. They're saying he didn't believe he won, but he pursued this through the legal system, the, you know, the reexamination of the election. Okay, first of all, he's allowed to file lawsuits. We're all allowed. If, the, if there's insufficient, compelling evidence, lawsuits get thrown out. This is part of how we live in a civilized country. We don't, we don't use violence. We use the law to try to advance our argument, try to make our case. I, don't, I, I fail to see what any of this is based on. I mean, it seems to me that it is probably going to fall apart. I don't know how it could not, um, unless our legal system has been so thoroughly corrupted and I, I don't know what to say if that's the case. If that's the case, you're right, Rob. They can, uh, the government can drag you off in handcuffs for anything, for saying anything, for believing anything, for filing a lawsuit that gets thrown out, for saying you think you deserve something or you want something. As long as you're, uh, you know, not. <laughs> I mean, you, you not only are you allowed to say all that and do all that, you're allowed to smash windows if you're on the left. You're allowed to topple monuments and beat people up on the street and trash their businesses and steal, you know. But if you're on the right, not only do you not get to be violent, which you shouldn't get to be, you better not believe the wrong thing or file a lawsuit that gets dismissed or say anything that you they don't like. You can't. And therein, therein lies the danger. You want to go to jail. You're not. Right. Not we have to accept the outcome of the election, which that's fair enough. We have to like it, basically. Or therein I, lies the danger, because, like you said, we have to like it. Yeah. We have to accept it, and mm -hmm. if we don't, they will come after us. Yeah. We should be allowed. If I don't think something is right, just like the people, I, and I hate to throw this in there, transgenders. Well, I think I'm a woman. But you're not. But you're entitled to think that without us throwing you in jail. I might disagree with you. I don't like it. I don't have to refer to you as that. But you can't throw me in jail, nor can I throw you in jail because of your belief. 
But what has happened here is that they have tried to criminalize it. And therein lies the danger because people are completely unaware. As you said, the Democrats from 2000, they have denied Republicans winning the election. You had Jamie Raskin, and I've spoken about this before, standing on the floor of the Senate, telling then Vice President Joe Biden, who was a president of the Senate, he wanted to challenge the certification of the votes when Do- that Donald Trump had won. And then it was just downhill from there with everyone saying he's illegitimate. You had Maxine Waters saying it. so many people on the left said that Trump was illegitimate and that Putin helped him. You had Adam Schiff. We had the entire Russia collusion. Is anyone going to go to jail when Jack Smith comes out mm-hmm. and he says, well, we're going to indict him for this. He did that and broke this code. I'm like, wait a minute. It might not have looked good politically, but he's entitled to it. Al, we went how, yeah. how long? About six months before we had a president look with Bill, jo- uh, Gore versus Bush. Yeah, and look in Georgia, the state this is all happening. Stacey Abrams since <laughs> two, 2018 has been saying the election was stolen. She's right. yet to, She's yet to concede. She said... I don't know about you and what they're saying, but we won this election. We won. Mm-hmm. She's yet to concede. Right. So what but have they thrown her in jail? What, what I'd like to, I really would like to hear them say, explain what the difference is. I, I mean, I guess they would probably say that, what, did she not file lawsuits? Is that the difference? I mean, how, she, <laughs> I mean. Here's the difference. Whether or not she filed lawsuits, we know that Al Gore did file lawsuits. And the only way Trump would have gotten anyone's attention was to go and file certain lawsuits. And then there were governors or attorney generals of other states. Remember the attorney general in Texas who filed a lawsuit in Pennsylvania, and they dismissed it because they said he had no standing. Well, look at what Fannie Williams did. She's filed a lawsuit on behalf of Philadelphia. There's no standing there. What does she have to do with Philadelphia? Is the judge going to dismiss this? There are so many of these cases when you look at the indictments, you look at all the charges that really should be dismissed. And I'm looking at them right now, what they're trying to uh, bring him up against. And I just want to read off some of them. Okay, 18 indictments by the Fulton County Grand Jury. They indicted Trump, Rudy Giuliani, John Charles Eastman, Mark Randall Meadows, Kenneth Chesbrough, Jeffrey Balsett Clark, Jenna Lynn Ellis, Ray Stalling Smith, Robert David Chile. Michael A. Roman, David James Schaefer, Sean M. Steele, Stephen Cliffgard, Harrison Floyd, Trevon Kuti, Sidney Catherine Powell, Kathleen Alston Latham, Scott Graham Hall, and Misty Hampton. These are attorneys that they're going after because they want to scare them. These here are the charges. Federal government, okay, Trump attorneys, okay, I mentioned that. Oh, I thought I had the charges, but I don't. But the, the biggest one is racketeering. They decided to throw racketeering in because they know that that is very difficult for a judge to say, we're not going to look at this. We're going to move forward. So unless something happens, they're going to try to move forward. And she's saying that she wants to try all of them, all 18 of them at the same time. And in six months, what happens in six months? That's before the Iowa caucus. These guys are clever. They have thought this through. Again, weaponizing our Department of Justice, weaponizing our legal system. And I hope a judge with good jurisprudence 
as we saw in Delaware, will look at this and say, this makes absolutely no sense. You might not agree with what he did, but he's entitled to it. Why should we have to put the taxpayers or voters through this these trials that are extremely flimsy, even with the classified documents, all of them? Because when you look, you'll see that the Democrats did the same thing. Where is Robert Hurd and investigating Biden with his classified documents? Not a peep. No one has said anything. And then going back to Atlanta, how in the heck was he indicted when the charges released on their website before the grand jury had voted? And you want to tell me there's no malfeasance there? And then I hear different lawyers saying, oh, well, that's no big deal. It is a big deal. Because that lets you know that the fix was in. Before the grand jury had a chance to vote on the charges, they had already posted the charges on the website. And of course, the AP or what reporters took a, a picture of it, and then they ran with it. And then they took right. them down. Don't tell me that the fix wasn't in when that happened. Right. The fix is always in with these Democrats. And once again, uh, after Devin Archer's testimony, uh, starting to get to the bottom of this Hunter Biden stuff, David Weiss named the special counsel. Once again, they drop a bomb about President Trump to distract uh, from that. You guys are tuned in to After Dark with Robin Andrew, which is available Monday through Friday at 10 p.m. Eastern, 9 p.m. Central, or 8 p.m. on the West Coast. You can also check out our sponsor, Healthy Cell. You can go to HealthyCell.com, check out the great products, and save with the promo code OUTLOUD. Healthy Cell vitamins work at the cellular level to boost immune health, sleep better, focus deeper, and stay younger longer. Absorb a healthier lifestyle with Healthy Cell's pill-free vitamins. And you can go to HealthyCell.com and use the promo code OUTLOUD. We'll be back with more After Dark with Robin Andrews. Trouble concentrating or recalling information is frustrating, embarrassing, and kills productivity. Nutrition company Healthy Cell created Focus and Recall to boost your brain power. And unlike other supplements that don't work, Focus and Recall is not a pill. It's a gel you swallow with ultra-absorption of science-backed ingredients to help you immediately sharpen focus and strengthen recall. Go to HealthyCell.com and use limited time code OUTLOUD for 25% off your first order, risk-free. Love it or your money back, guaranteed. HealthyCell.com, code OUTLOUD loud. For 25 years, Global Healing has proudly produced the highest quality supplements and cleansing programs that are rooted in nature and backed by science. Get 15% off all of our products using code OUTLOUD. Global Healing, giving you the power to take control of your health naturally. World-class care from doctors you can trust, all from the comfort of your home. That is One Wellness. Dr. Peter McCullough and his team at The Wellness Company launched the One Wellness membership to provide free monthly supplements and unlimited telemedicine access with doctors that share your values. The Wellness Company's chief medical board designed every supplement and medical protocol with your health in mind. From groundbreaking supplements like the Spike Support Formula to unique care like Freedom from Big Pharma. Join a healthcare system that puts your health and well-being above the interest of Big Pharma's bottom line. It's the way healthcare should be, with a company that shares your values. Go to OutLoudCare.com today and use code OUTLOUD for 25% off your first month of One Wellness. We are definitely in uncharted territory. What's happening here? 
all of these indictments, and when you look at the time frame of them, when they took place, it happened shortly after Trump announced that he was going to run again. Now, some are wondering and speculating as to if he had decided just to fade away and go into a private life, would they, would they have brought these charges forward? What are your thoughts, Heather? Yeah, well, I heard Laura Ingraham say that, and I think it was cogent. I mean, would the massive power of government be uh, arrayed against him? You know, was whatever he did so truly illegal and criminal that this prosecution would be going on if he had just said, you know what, I lost the election, I'm retiring. I mean, or, you know, after he had filed these lawsuits and, you know, tried to pursue it and they didn't go his way, if he had just said, you know, I'm, I'm going off into the sunset, you know, Biden, you won fairly, bye-bye. I mean, does anybody really think whatever happened here is of such true criminal significance that this would be taking place? I mean, clearly they're doing everything they can short of, I don't even want to say it, you know, what happens in a lot of banana republics is the opposition assassinates the person they don't, you know, want. Everything short of that they've done to him. It's, it's clearly political. It's obvious. They do not want him to have any chance of being elected again. And that's what this is about. I think regardless, they would have gone after him, maybe not with all the indictments, but I think they would have to try to sideline him. Now, whether or not it would have moved forward or they would have been so tenacious to say, oh, we want a trial immediately, that's a different story because it could have just fallen off by the wayside. But I think they probably still would have tried to bring some charges against him just to say, just make certain that you stay in retirement or else. But we know the man that he is fighting for the country, the patriot that Trump is. He was not going to do that. And now you do have people that are coming around and they're saying that the election, when you look at it, it was stolen because what big tech and the media did, they withheld information from the American public. And a lot of people are saying, had they known about the laptop, the laptop from Hill, that was a book by Miranda Devine, I think she's your colleague, Heather, had they known about it, that they probably wouldn't have voted the way they voted. But Joe Biden or the media created this fictitious character that Joe was a saint and that Joe was going to come in and restore, not that we needed it, this calmness and the civility. And he has done everything but that. And if you go back and you even looked at, look at during the Obama years, the uproar in society, the divisiveness and how we're at each other's throats, it seeded back in Obama. Fast forward, Trump came in, tried to level things out, but the Democrats didn't want to play. They wanted to fight. They wanted to lie. And then you had Hillary Clinton, and I've said this on so many occasions, that when you hook your wagon up with the Clintons, it is downhill from that point on. You go back and you look at the Clinton years. It was nothing but one thing after another. Now, that was truly one damn thing after the other. Everything that they touch, there's always turmoil. She tried to run against Barack Obama. 
and she created this entire thing. She's a person who created the birther, although they tried to put it on Trump. Now, Trump picked it up, but she created it. Really? She said that Barack Obama, yes, she's the one who created it. They had the whole thing where she wanted to say that Barack Obama was a slumlord. I mean, she went after him because in her mind that this is mine. I deserve the presidency. And you know what the Obamas did? They flipped the script on her. And I'm not sure if many people are aware of this, but they flipped the script and they made them out to be the racist, Bill and Hillary Clinton. Now, Bill and Hillary Clinton are a lot of things, but Mm -hmm. racist, not at all. But they Mm -hmm. flipped the script on them. And that's how she finally, that just like exploded her entire campaign. Bill had to go away. And then she finally went away. But they use the same thing on them. And these young people are completely unaware of it because they don't understand politics. They only understand the game that the media is playing. And the media has played it extremely well and how they have defined Republicans and how they have gone after Trump. And why? Because he's exposing them. Before Trump came down those stairs, everyone loved him. The media was going to make fun of him. They thought he was a clown. But then when they saw that he was resonating with people mm-hmm. and how he was about to flip this whole thing upside down and expose them, then they all came together and started colluding to destroy him. And then Hillary Clinton had the brilliant idea, oh, I'm going to say Russia collusion. And to this day, although it has been exposed as a lie, you still have people saying that Putin delivered the presidency to Donald Trump. And that is a lie. Are we going to lock those people up also? Because they're lying to the American people. And when you look at Jack Smith's charges, he was saying that Trump denied voters their rights. He even tacked on a charge that goes back to the Ku Klux Klan days, whereby they tried to keep black people or people of color from voting. See, this is all part of the thing. That they want to create that Trump is a bad guy. Trump is a racist. Look at Fannie. Trump is a part of the mob. He doesn't want people to vote. But it has been the Democrats who have done this because they lied about the laptop. Had people had access to that information, they would not have voted for Joe Biden. Had they known that Joe Biden is actually a decrepit old man who is struggling cognitively, but the media will not say it. So are we going to go after them? Yeah, we have to believe what they say. They say Biden's fine, so our eyes can't be trusted. They say the protests were peaceful, so even after the windows were smashed and people were beaten and billions of dollars of destruction was visited on the cities, we had to say it was all peaceful. Now they say that um, Trump did something criminal. Not just that he's obnoxious, he's this, he's that, he's divisive. No, that he committed a crime, even though no one knows what that crime is and even they can't identify it. We all have to believe that that's reality. That's the scariest thing to me about this, you guys, is I feel bad for Trump and I I think it's lousy for his family. I think it's despicable, but... Really, it does go beyond him. It's an Orwellian nightmare that we are in, in which one political party is using the deep undercurrents in this culture, psychological issues that, that the culture is struggling with, having to do with the past, having to do with the terrible mistakes of the past, 
of slavery, white guilt, whatever else. They'll use anything. They've used that effectively, very effectively for years. But now it's 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 using using all kinds of things. They just seem to want their way. And I guess, you know, they believe a lot of this. They believe their own bullshit. Excuse me. I mean, I guess some of it is just the way they see things, which, you know, they have the right to their views, but it's not enough. They have to stomp out any contrary perspective. They can't stand it that there are people, you know, who question the legitimacy of that election who question whether boys can be girls and girls can be boys, who question whether there should be separate standards of justice for people based on their race and politics. They can't, it's not enough to get their way and to win the election, which I'm willing to concede they, they may have. And, you know, so is Trump, by the way. I mean, he's not still talking about, I mean, maybe he is, he does believe he won even now, but he's not continuing to, you know, call for protests. I mean, he, everybody finally accepted what they said was reality and maybe it was, maybe it wasn't, we'll never know, but that's not enough. But we have a right. We have a right to challenge it just like they do. They have been doing it 24 seven, but when we do it, it's wrong. We're un-American. We're bad. Yeah. It's just like when their celebrities make a mistake, they're forgiven when someone who's a conservative makes a mistake, they, they need to be destroyed. When, you know, their politicians hang on to classified information, that's okay. Well, when Donald Trump does, he has to be ridden out of town on a rail, humiliated and destroyed. When their people want to have protests that turn violent, not for a day or a week or a month, but for six months, not only is that okay, but that's to be admired as uh and you know as as fighting for justice when our side has some ill-advised people who act horribly for one day that's the absolute end of the world that has ever happened in the history of the country or the world it's the worst most you know i i, I mean they, they, they don't see themselves and i think i'll tell you guys i don't say this lightly you know i happen to believe that what happened on January 6th, awful as it was, I think for, you know, and I'm not excusing it, I think for conservatives, and, you know, those weren't the best and the brightest of us, but for conservatives to be pushed to the point that that happened, I mean, conservatives do tend to take it on the chin and be law and order people, as we all know. I mean, I think the left had a big hand in what happened there. They would never in a million years see it, but I think all the months of the lockdowns and the obvious unequal treatment of people and, you know, people seeing the, the, the leftists not just get to go out and congregate, but to, to riot and destroy. I think that was so galling to people who had been locked down for years. It's simultaneously people who are being told that their their chosen leader is a racist, is a bigot, is a lowlife, is evil, is Hitler, is a you know so that they can't even express their political views in public without fear of harassment and abuse. While the other side is perfectly uh, happy not only to express themselves but to to riot and to scream and to carry on. 
I mean, this extreme inequality and, you know, was so galling. I think it set the stage for January 6th. And I swear, I am not in any way advocating anything. And I hope to God it doesn't come to this. But I think they keep pushing this. They keep pushing this. They put him in prison. They are flirting with a civil war. They Heather, just- I agree with you. I agree with you. And I've, I've, said, I've said it before that they are setting the stage for this. They are creating this. You cannot expect to silence people and say, you're no good, you're bad, and you're evil. And you push them to the brink. When you put a wild animal or an animal up against in a corner, they're going to strike out. And this is what's happening. Right. And in addition to what Heather was saying, people being afraid to speak up in public on social media, they're being shut down and censored. It's just totally one sided and everybody can see it. And eventually, sadly, it seems like they're trying to get people worked up and fed up uh, before uh, these 2024 elections. And this district attorney, Fannie Willis, said that this will be taken care of in six months, which seems awfully optimistic on her part with 18 or 19 people that she's trying to charge and plea deals and everything else. Uh, Most people think it's going to be way longer than that. And people see this. They see the miscarriage of justice. They know that it's not fair. And we're constantly trying to shut them up. As we said, this is not just about Trump. This is about us. And there are people who see this who have gone through this, and they know he's being railroaded. And if Republicans were to wake up and stop the inner fighting, I know that a lot of you want to be president. A lot of you don't like Trump. I get it. But his policies worked, and none of you can deny that his policies didn't work. So if we were to stop fighting against each other, which is what the Democrats want, they want the division. They want someone to flip on Trump. They want someone to come up and say, oh, well, he said this about me and he did this. I was listening to Chris Christie. He was right on point with everything he was saying about this whole indictment in Florida and how it makes no sense in that this woman, it's her ego. Now, think of all the other attorneys that are seeing all these indictments and they're shaking their heads and they're like, this is ridiculous. I could never get away with this. A judge would have thrown it out. But then you have judges that are sitting on the court. A lot of them are biased. They obviously got the memo that we're going to stick it to Trump and we're going to do this. And we're going to make certain that he can't. We're going to tie him up in court, whereas a good judge with jurisprudence would look at this and say, wait a minute, folks, come on. Now, he just got indicted here. And these are the same charges where you guys talking to each other. And then look at the judge in D.C., Chutkin. She's not trying to hide her biases. She wants it out there. She wants to be a hero for the left by saying, well, I don't care if he's running for president. He's not above the law. Well, we know that. But you look at these charges, and these charges are so far-fetched. So you would think that she would look at it and say, no, we're not going to do this. This doesn't make any sense because I see what you're trying to do. It doesn't take a rocket scientist for someone who's a smart legal eagle to look at this and say, wait. You guys are trying to just to tie him up so that he can't run. I don't want to be any part of this. This makes no sense. And a speedy trial is not for the prosecution. It's for the defendant so that he could carry on. So why can't all of this wait? But now no one wants to think about that. No one wants to look at this should wait. They all want their jab at Trump. They're making a mockery of our legal system, and people will forever question this, and we're looking like a banana republic. 
And meanwhile, all this is going on, and Joe can't even go to Hawaii and help the people out in Hawaii who have lost everything. Everything is burned up. But he can give our taxpayer dollars to these illegal aliens, and he can put them up at five-star hotels. What is this? Don't people see what's happening? No. You know why? Because the media won't expose it. And as they yeah. said, if a tree falls down in the woods, if no one is there, did it make a sound? They're busy fawning over Fannie Willis. Andrea Mitchell said uh, Fannie Willis is a strong black woman and her standing up to Donald Trump is something to behold. These people are like fans. They're not biased reporters. Well, see, that's what unbiased, it's about. Re- unbiased reporters, I should that's, say. They are biased reporters. They're definitely biased. And that's what this is about. They're making black people think, oh, we got a black woman who's going up against a white man. It's all about the images. You look at Alvin Bragg, what Alvin Bragg did. He's going to indict Trump because of what Trump did to the Central Park Five boys. Oh, they're having their day. It's not about that. And again, I would submit to black people, look at what happened to you and your sons and your daughters and husbands and uncles in the South with these radical judges, whereby they made certain that they put all these charges on you so you couldn't get out. Fanny is wasting her time. You look at Fulton County, you look at the death rate, you look at the homicide. Why isn't she trying to stop that? She's busy trying to go after Trump while black people are dying in the streets. Look at Chicago. And I say this all the time. If black people would just wake up, this is not the moment that you want. Oh, we got him now. One person who gave you low unemployment, who gave you jobs, who gave you the Second Chance Act. And you want to go after him, whereas Joe Biden threw you in jail. Joe Biden is allowed his white privileged son to get off on charges that your sons, your dads, and your fathers or husbands wouldn't be able to get off on? I don't think so. I don't think so. Yeah, great points, Rob. You guys are tuned into After Dark with Robin Andrew, which is available Monday through Friday at 9 p.m. Eastern, 8 p.m. Central, or 6 p.m. on the West Coast. You can also go to America Out loud.shop and check out some of the great products including healthy cell if you're looking for better sleep focus and energy check out healthy cell the leading innovator of nutritional supplements for cell health if you go to healthy cell check out the great products you can save with the promo code out loud we'll be back with more after dark with robin andrew which is available on uh, america out loud's iHeartRadio channel While the cancel culture destroys our history, bringing crime and terror to city streets, AmericaOutloud.news will enhance its own message of love and honor for the American traditions and constitutional values that have always been the backbone of what America means. Life, liberty, and the pursuit of happiness. America Out Loud Talk Radio. It's a fight for the soul of humanity. How can you improve your odds of staying healthy? The answer is stay healthy with Cofix RX. Who's got time for a cold, strep, a flu, HRV, RSV, or COVID anyhow? Cofix has some great news. Besides being featured as a top five product in the drugstore news, we completed the protocol that you've heard Dr. McCullough talk about. Cofix RX is already famous 
for a powerful virus-hostile nasal solution, and now we have a throat spray too. Crush those nasty germs before they become a problem. With known antiviral support ingredients like povidone iodine, xylitol, and vitamin D3, you can feel a little safer. For a limited time, when you add the new Cofix RX throat spray to your order, you'll receive 25% off the entire purchase. Just click the Cofix RX banner on the America Out Loud website or store. Be sure to use promo code OUTLOUD25 at checkout. Don't forget, OUTLOUD25 at checkout. We are back here on After Dark with Robin Andrew, a special guest, New York Post journalist Heather Robinson joining us. And uh, we're continuing our discussion on Trump's indictment in Georgia, uh, Fannie Willis, and all of that kind of stuff. Uh, the prosecutor decided to indict 18 others besides President Donald Trump. And to me, that seems like she's hoping that some of these people are going to flip, try and save themselves, reach a plea deal, and uh, perhaps throw President Donald Trump under the bus. This is just what I'm predicting. You've got people like uh, Jenna Ellis, who was a attorney for President Trump at the time. Now she's an avid uh, DeSantis supporter and campaigns for him. And she uh, rips President Trump on social media all the time. So would not be surprised to see someone like that uh, try and save themselves and uh, throw President Trump under the bus. But this is just such a First Amendment case where it's like uh, President Trump really believes that the election was stolen. And some of the things written in this indictment were absolutely ridiculous. Like they cited President Trump tweeting people to go watch uh, own One American News and see uh, them exposing the election fraud. Um, they put things like one of the guys indicted was indicted because he got a hotel room to supposedly meet about uh, these election fraud. I mean, they just have a vast, wide web of things that they indicted people for. Uh, Rob, what are your thoughts about some of the more silly things that we see in this indictment? It looks pretty amateur uh, looking at it from my end. Well, it is amateur hour. And as I said, you can look at all the indictments and you can see a common theme. A lot of them start off the same way. And then at the end, there's always this miscellaneous thing, which is the case in Atlanta, where she attacked on the RICO to make it seem as if though, again, this is all about perception and making Trump look like the bad guy, he and his attorneys. They were part of the mob. So she's going to bring down the mob. Then he's going to bring down the mob, a black woman who's bringing down the mob. And as you said, Andrew Mitchell said, a strong black woman. Why is it always a strong black woman? They never say a strong white woman or a strong Indian woman. But see, these are code words for the black community. So that if any of them are thinking, wait a minute, they're mistreating Trump. Oh, but she's a strong black woman. That's all this is. Now, I want to read to you, because we had mentioned that Democrats do this all the time, challenge the election. I want to read to you what Al Gore had done. This is what he said. November 2020, after he lost the election, and they decided to cook up some whole thing with Nassau County, I think on Long Island and in Florida with the pregnant chads. This is what he said, the legal team. The vote totals reported in the election canvassing commission certification of November 26, 2000 are wrong. They included illegal votes 
and do not include legal votes that were improperly rejected. The number of such votes is more than sufficient to place in doubt, indeed, to change the results of the election. Now, where did we hear that from? Back in 2020, when Trump was looking at the votes and they said that illegal votes were there. And we know that it did happen. And I have mentioned this to you before. I will say it again. Judges aren't allowed to make election law. That is up to the state legislatures. But we saw time after time in Arizona and in Philadelphia, whereby the judges came in and ruled, we're going to allow certain votes to be counted. We're not going to allow others. A judge can't do that. And if you do do it, you can't do it at the 11th hour, because when you do it, it creates the perception that you're trying to help one side over the other. And in this instance, in all of both instances, it was always in favor of the Democrats. There you have it right there. Al Gore's legal team said the exact same thing in in 2000. Let me continue. Gore's three-prong legal strategy to challenge the 2000 election. First, contest Miami-Dade with the pregnant chads, the hanging chads, canvassing board, contest the personal replacement in Nassau County, contest the Palm Beach County results. So those were the areas whereby they thought, hey, we should have won those uh, votes. So we got to contest them and we've got to go in. What did Trump do in Arizona and Atlanta and Pennsylvania? He looked at it. He made a phone call in Pennsylvania. I'm sorry, in Atlanta. And you guys have got to remember, he called the Secretary of State, Raffensperger, and he said, all I need is like 11,000 votes. I'm just short 11,000 votes. Can you think you can find some? That's all I need. He he, he wasn't asking him to overthrow or overturn. Look at what... Look at what Al Gore said. I don't mean to interrupt you, Rob, but I listened to all like three hours of that at the time yes. very carefully. And what he said, the larger context of the whole conversation is he and his attorneys are saying, we have evidence of, of massive fraud. We have videos, etc. So all, you know, we, basically he was saying we will let it go that, that you people who were supposed to be overseeing the this election and allowed this corruption to take place, which was m- significant in various places, et cetera. And he alludes to without going into a lot of detail that they have, they have hard evidence of this. We will let that go. If you can find whatever the, that number of votes is. In other words, the overall point was we know that there's been a lot of fraud here that we can document. And I think the implication is, you know, your, your jobs are gonna, you know, you're, you, you can lose your jobs over this and get in tr- or more get in trouble over this, but we're not going to um, pursue it. If, you know, we can just in the big picture kind of, you know, you can make it right and come up with these, votes that you stole but he in other words he was saying we're not even going to demand that every vote be accounted for because we need to move forward with all this but you know if you can find the votes in other words you won't be held accountable for all the shysting you've done 
that was my interpretation of the overall conversation. So it wasn't that he was saying, I just want you to, you know, falsely come up with this at however many votes he was saying. We know that, you know, if you look at it like an accounting sheet, we know you stole this much. But, you know, if you'll replace some of it, we don't have to expose the fact that your hand was in the cookie jar, basically. So, yeah. Yeah, yeah you hit the nail on the head, uh, Heather. But that's what the media, of course, is going to keep replaying over and over again as this trial uh, comes up. And um, it'll be interesting to see how much... Trump supporters gather at these courthouses when it does come time for these court cases. Of course, after January 6th, everyone's paranoid about some kind of setup and an attempt to throw uh, conservatives and Trump supporters in jail. And it's really, really sad that it's came to that in our country where you've got one side where they're scared to even go protest at this point because they're worried about being thrown into jail for false charges. Terrible, terrible. And they should, they should be worried. They should be concerned because we know that they will put them in jail. And if they put them in jail, a lot of these judges will do absolutely nothing. Look at the judge in D.C., uh, Tanya Chutkin. I mean, she's responsible for a lot of the patriots sitting in jail, rotting away. And a lot of them are just saying, hey, I will plead guilty so that we can end this, end this misery. I mean, they're in jail on like – and and can't see anyone, can't, don't have access to their attorneys. She knows what she is doing. This woman should not be a judge. She shouldn't be a judge. So some of the January 6th political prisoners, people who didn't actually engage in any violence are still being held. Is that right? They're still being held. And she has heard a majority, if not all of the cases. Mm -hmm. And if her jurisprudence is that poor, then she shouldn't be there, and the media should expose her. I don't care if she's a black woman. She's not above the law, but they won't say anything about it. They're allowing her to get away with this, and fast forward some 20 years out, they'll try to put her name up as to be some Supreme Court justice. Absolutely not. This woman is a threat to democracy. She is a threat to our judicial system, and she should be challenged. She should not be there. But who would they attack? They will attack the Supreme Court justices. They want to get rid of Clarence Thomas. I have never seen a mob like this before in my life. And for Black people to sit back and allow them to attack Clarence Thomas, an accomplished jurisprudence who's sitting on the high court and say absolutely nothing, it is shameful. Because you look at what Hunter Biden has done, is doing, and will never see the inside of a jail if he continues being supported by this corrupt Department of Justice and FBI. But they want to go after Clarence Thomas, who is an example to young black boys, who is an example that this is what you can achieve. I'd rather them look up to him, or they should, than some drug dealer. But instead, the left, they will attack him. And you're sitting by allowing them to attack a fellow black man who upholds the law, and you're okay with it because the media – those of though, oh, they're not going to say anything. Black people are just going to go along with this. They're taking you for granted. 
And this is what I don't like. It's an insult. It's ridiculous. Where's Barack Obama? He's busy having man fantasies. He hasn't said a word. He can very easily stand up and be a figure, a, a calming figure, and say, come on. We don't like what's happening. We don't like what happened. But we cannot weaponize our justice system. We're destroying our democracy. But he doesn't care. But you know who I would like to think who would say something? Who would try to bring all this together? Who would try to be a calming voice? And I could be wrong. But I do believe that Bill Clinton possibly would, but he won't out of fear that if he were to stand up, the mob would go after him and say, oh, well, you're a womanizer. Then they'll remember him being a womanizer. But we have no other president who would stand up and say, put the brakes on this. This is wrong. We can have a difference of a political ideology, but to go after your opponent and we're sitting back and we're looking at this and we've denounced this around the world. We denounced Putin when he did it. We denounced Jinping when he did it. And we're allowing this to happen and we're trying to justify it. We have the greatest democracy, the greatest jurisprudence, but we're going to sit back and allow this. And for what? Because we're afraid that we can't stop him at the ballot box. Yeah, you know, what I have, have we become. I, I mean, we become like a Franken like Frankenstein's. This is yeah. horrible. But you know, Rob, everything you say is true. I just had one thought, Rob and Andrew, which is that I think the conservatives also have the right to protest. We have the right to our views, of course. And I hate to hear about the chilling effect. But the bottom line is, you know, I think I remember my father saying something to me about, you know, being Jewish and being in business. And I think it applies here. He said, you know, if because of the prejudice against us if you are jewish in business you have got to be so squeaky clean you have got to be the most ethical upright law-abiding person and i think this applies now to conservatives i think that the truth is we we, sh we can't abandon our right andrew you know you're right to protest to peacefully protest to express our views to write to speak to rally to vote we just have to be perfect about it because their side, the, the truth is what we're living in, the matrix we are living in, the only way out I can see. And, you know, in a way, we could look at it in a positive way. Yes, it's unfair. There's a, an egregious double standard. Um, the Democrats have weaponized many of the agencies of government and uh, a largely biased corporate media is their handmaiden. But. All that means is that the party of law and order has to be more ethical, more law-abiding, more rules-following, more uh, proper in our aggressive but fair pursuit of uh, justice than ever. We just cannot, you know, the, the reality is, um, you know, if their protests descend into violence, that's tolerated. In our case, it isn't. Um, their leaders can shyst and and take money from foreign governments and lie and take home classified documents and wiretap people. Ours cannot. Um, their side can um, uh, disrupt and and um, obstruct uh, the results of elections. 
uh, for far longer than we are allowed to. But, you know, the bottom line is nobody should be doing these things. And so, you know, I guess what I'm saying is that I, I think that egregious though the double standard is, January 6th was a shame. It was wrong that our side got violent. And we just simply can never, ever, ever afford to do anything like that again. We have to be better than them. And we should be anyway. You know, I mean, that, that the only bright side I can see to this is that, yes, we're living in this matrix and it's uneven. But what we need to do is just be as honest and, and um, clean and fair and law abiding as we can, which conservatives tend to be anyway. You know, just reach deep down and be the best we can be. And yes, you know, be peaceful, be polite be respectful and just keep repeating what we believe, what we know to be true. Um, and, and, and unite and get to the, get out that vote. You're right. And I'll, I'll say this before we go to uh, the end of the show. The same thing is said in the black community. You said that your uh, father said that, you know, as a Jewish mm -hmm. person, you have to make certain that, you know, you're at the top of your game. Black yep. people are told that all the time. Many will <laughs> deny it now for whatever reason. Mm -hmm. But it, it, it holds true as to where we are in our society. And the same thing with conservatives. We have to make certain that we're following the letter of the law, but we cannot concede and we cannot give in and we must stick together, Andrew. Yeah, very well said, Rob. Thank you so much, Heather, for joining us once again on After Dark with Rob and Andrew. Thank you all for joining us uh, which on America Out Loud, which is available on iHeartRadio, Spotify, Stitcher, Pandora, wherever you stream. Please like, subscribe, leave us a five-star review, or you can go to AmericaOutloud.news. We'll see you guys next time. And remember, stand for something or fall for nothing. Bye.